Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is a podcast from Minute Media. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Matt Connor and Sterling Holmes. Welcome to the Airhead Attic Podcast with Matt Connor and Sterling Holmes. I am Sterling Holmes. Uh, you might be surprised to, to see me sounding this solid after you watch me crush bush lights all night long on the Airhead Attic post-game, <laughs> post-game wrap-up celebration show. But I'm here. I'm alive. I'm crushing it. I'm living, baby. Matt, how you doing? Doing well. Feeling well. Better than the Broncos. Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke. Can I just say this real fast? If I'm a Broncos fan, I am stoked on like the level of players that we have on that team. Look at me. I'm already diving into the deep end. You're like, Matt, how are you? And I'm like, Broncos. <laughs> okay. You know what? Hold on. I'm going to back this truck up. No, no, no. Beep, keep going forward. Beep, beep. <laughs> and just say, Sterling, I'm good. How are you today? We'll get to Broncos in a second. Are you okay? Uh, like, like, are you recovering no, from from all no. your? Oh, I yes, I feel great because of that, and I played some solid golf yesterday. I had a couple birdies. What's your but, handicap? Uh, fourteen point five. Not great. I'm not great by any means. I can't putt worth a shit. It uh, okay. very fresh. I three jack <laughs> so many holes, man. I just I'm out there. Oh yeah, par five. You're on in two. Fantastic. Let me go ahead and just three jack this. Um, but no, what's a th- wait, what's a three Jack three putt. Okay. Here's know. the thing. I asked you what your handicap is. Cause that's the only question I know to ask a golfer. Mm. I mean, I don't know if it's, I don't know if I'm supposed to ask like, Hey, what kind of tires on your cart, dude? Or <laughs> like, do you have a wedge wood? I mean, I don't know. I don't even know what any of this shit means. Glossing so when over you say- Matt's lack of golf knowledge. <laughs> you, you said like 14 and a half. And I'm like, I mean, I think I typically get like a hundred and something if I do a par nine, like a or a nine hole. You're like that seems pretty big. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I I just don't know. I just don't know. Yeah. Uh, glossing over that phrasing reference right there. No, I'm not doing great. My the reason why I have Nick Folk tonight and fantasy football. And if I win, I'm clinched for the playoffs. Well, if you've not noticed or seen the weather in Buffalo tonight. Up to 55 mile an hour gusts. Gus, Gus Bradley is going to be defending your kicker. Dude, Gus, it's Gus Bradley. I am, I am very irate right now. I am irked. I am heated. 55 mile an hour gusts. I saw a video of the goalpost. Looked at everybody got ripped out like a tree stump. I am <laughs> not excited right now. Uh, I hope it, yeah, from 55, let's just calm it down, Buffalo. Calm it. Do you think when guys jump on the tables, like the Bills Mafia, that they have to, when they're jumping off of those RVs onto the flaming tables, do they have to adjust for the wind? With 55 mile or gusts, there's going to be a lot of dudes cracking them, them domes open on pavements. 
dude, those guys, when they jump, just even that, that few feet, they actually wear those suits that you can like jump off a cliff and skydive, like free fall <laughs> in, in Switzerland for like several miles. Like they have to use those there. There's something about the Great Lakes. I don't know if you've been around them very much at all. Like we did a whole tour this summer around like the upper peninsula of Michigan and all around like Lake Superior. That it just gets windy as crazy. By the way, it gets so windy. I ordered a Frosties, a Frosty, a Frosty uh, joke. You did, you did the suburban mom. You did the suburban I'm mom thing where you my, added the S on the end of stuff. I'm you just trying to do mom. my same Wendy's jokes from last night. You did, but if, you, you, you did a suburban middle-aged mom where she goes, do you want Chipotle's sweetie? Where, where they, you want to go to Targets? Where they Chipotle? add the S on the, on the end of things that don't have an S? The pluralization of everything. How's your Chiefs yeah. doing? Yeah. All right. All anyway. right. Broncos, let's go to it. Because one, I'm with you. If you're a Broncos fan, you're like, wow, we have a lot of talent. A lot Dude. of young talent. Defense looks incredible. Offensively, I like Cortland Sutton. I like Noah Font. I like uh, Tim Patrick. I like Javante Williams. The offensive line looks pretty dang solid. But then you have a dumpster fire of Teddy Bridgewater. I still think give Drew Locke a chance. I will bang the table right here. What the hell are you doing with Teddy Bridgewater? You know what he is. You knew he's not going to go in and win that football game. At best, you go 500. Vic Fangio saves his job. And that's another season of doing the same exact thing. Drew Locke at least find out if you're going to lose, lose spectacularly. Go 4-13 and 13. since now there's 17 games. Or maybe Drew Locke, you find out he can play a little football because you have no idea. Every Wait. time he's been inserted into the game, what has he had to work with? Corlton Sutton's been hurt the entire time. Noah Fant was hurt almost the entire time Drew Locke started. I'm just saying, give Drew Locke the opportunity. You're giving a a guy who you know is not the future in Teddy Bridgewater. Like, am I stupid? Like, you know Teddy's not the guy, and Vic Fangio's like, yeah, so we know he's not the guy, but we know he's not the guy, so we're going to go with him. It's, it's stupidity. I mean, I don't disagree with what you're saying, and yet I disagree with what you're saying. Because on the one hand, like when Jerry Judy is your fourth or fifth option. I mean, however you want to count it, right? When you have Melvin Gordon and Javante, I mean, look, I love the Chiefs options, but I'd have to think long and hard about trading like all the offensive personnel, skill position players. Okay, the look on your face. Let's have this conversation. Let's Travis this conversation. Kelsey alone. Okay, let's do this fantasy style. You're saying... You wouldn't trade Travis Kelsey alone for Noah Font, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton, Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, even Albert O and KJ Hamler. You're you're saying well, first off, five of those guys or four of those guys would have to be probably getting cut. You're not keeping Hamler. Of course. I'm, you're not keeping I Melvin mean, I Ingram. Just threw those in. I just threw those in, but I'm saying I don't want them. <laughs> I I love Tyreek and I love Travis, but the thought, the thought of having three or four like promising wide receivers, I'm I don't know. I no, I'd no. have to pause and think about it. And look, if the talent level is at least at the gotta pause and think about it level, you're absolutely right. This is what I was saying earlier. 
if I'm a Broncos fan, I'm enamored with the job that the general manager slash front office has done, at least in collecting talent that looks ready to win. And yet also like you're wasting a whole year of these guys. You're totally right about Teddy Bridgewater. I don't get why anyone, you know, it's, it's like going with Ryan Fitzpatrick. You do. Okay. Well, we're like anyone who brings in one of these guys, you're just like, okay, I guess we're picking the top of the draft this year. That's what it's a whole, it's a Tyrod Taylor. It's a holdover. It's a stopgap. It's a whatever, but, but are you insinuating like, like with you, there's a kernel of belief. Is it, is it the Homer part of you? Are you friends with Drew Locke? Are you friends with, with, with Drew Locke's younger brother? Um, was he your babysitter when you were a kid? Like, like I like watched Drew Locke win there? a lot of football games and put up some insane numbers. I wouldn't say a lot of football games, a decent amount of football games and put up some <laughs> okay. insane numbers at Mizzou. I went to University of Missouri. I know the arm talent is there. I, I understand the decision making. That's the biggest issue. But you're not going to get any better watching Teddy Bridgewater sit on the bench. You're just not. If you need him to get game action to see what he has, then put him in game action. He has a hell of an arm. They say he's an outstanding teammate. He he took the benching like a, a true pro's pro. I just don't understand if you are a rebuilding team, why stick with a guy who you know is not going to be the future of your organization for a guy who just two years ago you thought might have a chance? And the guy who had who you drafted to have a chance has not played with the entire arsenal of weapons that the current guy who's not the future has. To me, it just it makes fair. no sense. That's that's fair. Do you blame Fangio for that? I mean, is is one hundred percent? This is Fangio. Hot seat. Yeah, a guy on a hot seat is is afraid. Let me go with the proven veteran versus maybe even a lower floor than what Bridgewater gives. I mean, is that what you're seeing? Yeah, 100. It's Fangio saying, I don't want to get canned. If I win seven or eight games, I could probably get to keep my job if Drew Locke comes in and isn't the guy. Because I'm not saying Drew Locke's going to all of a sudden go there and the Broncos win 12 games. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying he, he might be better. He might be worse. We just don't know. But yeah, I think Fangio's out here just trying to keep his job because when Teddy Bridgewater was brought in, they basically had an open training camp. They said jobs completely up in the air. He, Teddy wasn't brought in and automatically given the keys to the starting job. It was a, hey, this is a legitimate you know, opportunity. Yeah. They gave it to Teddy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I, I mean, I guess I agree with you in that I'm a little surprised that they don't go with Locke. But just overall, the inactivity at the position – I mean, that they would go through a whole offseason and go, you know, all we need here is the addition of Teddy Bridgewater. And I know there was the flirting with, um, you know, with uh, Aaron Rodgers. Like, I, you know, I get that. There was some overtures of if Deshaun Watson, then all the, then all the legal stuff descended and all that went away, whatever. But, I mean, I, you know, now we're looking at Mac Jones leading the 8-4 and four New England Patriots. We're looking at Justin Fields looking good despite the Bears. And I'm just thinking, I mean, as good as Sertan has looked, and man, I, I mean, I love that kid. But uh, like both of the quarterbacks taken after that spot um, certainly would have given, I mean, either one should be QB1 for the Broncos, right? 
Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. I, Sertan had an interception last night. Sure, it hit off another Chiefs wide receiver's hands. And I don't know why the Chiefs receivers are forced to eat buttered popcorn before every single game. I don't, I don't, I don't know why that's a requirement, but apparently it is. But I think any cornerback may have made that interception. But yeah, Sertan's been just fantastic all season long. I do want to talk the Chiefs right now because after that victory, it gave me two things. One, I'm I'm stoked. They covered. They covered with the offense looking extremely bad. But that comes with a part two. The offense looked extremely bad. Uh, Mahomes wasn't horrible, but he was throwing at dude's feet. I'm not going to sit here and say Mahomes was perfect because it seems like a lot of fans on Twitter took two approaches postgame. One, Mahomes was just horrendous. And the second was Mahomes played extremely well, but his receivers couldn't catch the ball. I think there's that gray area in between where Mahomes played solid. He played okay. He wasn't, but he wasn't great. He wasn't his typical self. And the receivers were very, very bad. Uh, He had that Pringle had that big drop. Then he goes back to Pringle. He makes a catch and we're like redemption. And then the next play it's Pringle drops again. And then Tyreek Hill decides, Hey, I'm going to drop, I think two balls. And one was for the interception. Travis Kelsey had at least one drop that comes to memory. I think the chiefs as a whole had six drops. That gives me a little bit of worry because it's not just one week that Kansas City's struggled to catch the football. It's been multiple weeks, almost the entire season, where the receivers decided to tape bricks to their hands, and it's very frustrating. Yeah, yeah. You know, last night we saw running backs catch six of six targets. Travis Kelsey goes for three of eight, Tyreek for two of four, Pringle for one of four. So you just can't have those. Um, I mean, unless it's deep targets and you know those are like lower or high risk throws or whatever, um, which in the case of Tyreek may be the case from time to time. But yeah, last night, none of that was true. And yet the throws, like if you were looking at a throwing chart, like if you were like charting Mahomes passing attack based upon the way the catch rate, you would have been expected to see like downfield bombs everywhere and they just didn't work out. And instead, it didn't work out that way. Let me ask you this. The drops, you know, Mahomes says after the game, he says, look, it's all about execution. We're not executing. We know what we need to do. Um, He owned his part of it. He also said that, that, you know, the rest of the offense needs to get in on it too. You saw holding penalties by Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith. So that's a part of that too, right? Sloppiness overall. But back to the drops, I have a question for you. How much of this is the fact that these guys, that the drops are a real issue, or remember this, some of these guys are getting way more, like these Kelsey and Hill are being targeted way more than ever before, right? Like Tyreek is on a crazy pace for catches. Is is this what you get when you force feed targets so much that, you know, like some of the drops are going to happen more if you give me more work i'm going to be responsible for more things and maybe that means more mistakes but but also more production right so so yeah i don't know i'm just i'm is it about is it about the volume is it is are these guys being force fed and is that hurting the pass and the catch no i don't think so i think guys like tyree kill and travis kelsey are so talented that that wouldn't be that much of an uptick 
right? I, I Sure, you would say there's an uptick here and there, but this much is becoming alarming. It, it almost seems like it's a, I, I said about Mahomes, but I almost say now it's like a yips situation where you're like, you're nervous about it. And Travis Kelsey has gone through stretches in his career where he's had trouble not dropping the football. This is not a new phenomenon for Travis Kelsey. He, he's had stretches where he's dropped the football. And then he looks like he's figured it out. And then this year it's coming back up and it's coming up in a bad way. Tyreek Hill is just the reason why his are so pronounced too is they've seemingly all gone to the defense. Every time <laughs> Tyreek Hill drops a ball, he drops it into the defense's arms. It's and maybe that's why. And maybe the drops aren't as often as we think, but they just stand out because each single drop is turning into interceptions. And that yeah. is a big issue. It, and then Byron Pringles, those are bad two in a row. I don't know what the Chiefs are going to do at that wide receiver two spot because Pringle played, I want to say, like 72% of the snap count. It was in the 70s, and he didn't do anything with it. His best play was on special teams, which was an incredible special teams play. Yeah, uh, McCole Hartman is obviously falling out of favor. I, I would be almost shocked now if he even gets uh, – tendered again whenever his contract's up i don't see mccall coming back uh d rob's completely fallen out they obviously do not trust josh gordon i don't know what's going on at wide receiver too there's it's seemingly there's no one that the team and mahomes trusts i don't know which way they go yeah you know what's crazy is if you think about like like when was the last time the Chiefs swung and missed at one position so much right i mean chasing I mean, if we go all the way back, we're, we're chasing Juju Smith-Schuster, didn't get him. Josh Reynolds didn't get him. T.Y. Hilton didn't get him. Thank goodness, by the way, because he's been injured mm. the entire year. Um, you know, and then we sign, we, like, we sign Josh Gordon, and that one doesn't work out. I'm sure I'm even forgetting some guys. Um, the draft class was great, but you got to start wondering whether waiting until the sixth round to pick up Cornell Powell, which is... By the way, given how horrible the bottom of the depth chart is, how are we not seeing Cornell Powell at least like come up from the practice squad and and try something? I mean, he must be really, really a late bloomer here. Um, He's forty three. <laughs> I mean, like, like why not give Doris Fountain a real look here? Right, the guy was the star of the preseason. He mm. tweets regularly, "Hey God, I'm ready for a chance." You would think that, you know, if God could part the waters, he could part this roster at least as high as Demarcus Robinson and get him shot there. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, do you have any answers there, or are we just stuck until next offseason? I think we're probably stuck until next offseason. If we're being – again, I, what what I like to see and what I think happens are two different scenarios. I think this is what it's going to be. The Chiefs have won five straight games. They're the AFC West leading Kansas City Chiefs. Um, while the offense has struggled, they're still winning football games and they're winning it by covering. They've found Clyde and Daryl, especially out of the backfield. I mean, Mahomes is using Daryl now basically as wide receiver two out here. I mean, what against the Raiders? He just threw that ball up to him as if he's Calvin yeah. Johnson. He I was mean, the leading receiver last night, 60 yards. Yeah. And so while the receivers have not stepped up, other guys have seemingly stepped up, and I think Daryl has been the primary benefactor of that, and he's done a very fine job. But yeah, I don't think Kansas City goes out and they make any sort of even minor 
adjustments or splash with wide receiver. I just don't see that happening. Do you? No, no. I, I, I mean, I think we're looking at what we have. I'm holding out the kernel of hope for Josh Gordon, even though you laugh at me every week. Someday, some sweet day, just as Mariah Carey and Boys to Men sing, one sweet day, I know that Josh Gordon will shine down on me from heaven like so many friends who've scored touchdowns that we've lost along the way. You don't know what song I'm talking about, do you? That's a horrible reference. Anyway, I'm still a believer in Gordon. Let me ask you this. Do you like the backfield yesterday? Clyde Edwards, E. Lair, 29 carry or 29 snaps. Daryl Williams, 26 snaps. Do you like the tandem look? Or are you scratching your head going, yo, if we spent a first-round pick on a guy, use him like one? No, I like the split carries. I like whoever's hot that game. Hell, if Derek Gores, for some reason, activated and he gets two snaps and looks good, put him in. (laughs) I mean, I really don't care. It's a sunk cost. I hated a first-round draft pick on a running back. I like Clyde a lot. I think he's a great person. I think he's a solid player. But he's obviously not this game breaker. He's not this one of a kind franchise altering running back. He's a he's a fine player. And but if he's not gonna step up, if he's just gonna be okay, and Daryl comes in in this game, Daryl's feeling it. Put Daryl in. I don't care. I I I truly do not care how they get it done as long as it gets done. You already spent the first round tender. It's a sunk cost. Just put the best player in the best possible spots. And it seems like Kansas City's doing that right now with his backfield. Yeah, I totally agree. It doesn't matter how it's happening to me. It doesn't matter how a guy got on the roster. What wait, what's your famous term? Say it. It's a sunk cost. Round. It's a sunk cost. We need like one of those like Boy, oh, 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 oh. like you work at a radio station. Can't you get us like a, like a sunk cost soundbite? A boy, like, oh, oh, oh. that sounds like it's something for something much different. <laughs> we need like, like some kind of air horn or some kind What's of that money. The mad money, you know, there the mad, go. the mad money guy who just screams Love and it. yells about stocks. Like buy, 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 sell, sell, sell. There you we go. Just, we need we something need, like that in the background. We need, don't worry about Clyde. Sunk cost. <laughs> anyway, the, the 20 million on Frank Clark is a sunk, sunk cost. <laughs> I love it. Uh, speaking of the defense, we're going to talk about it right after the break. You're listening to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Welcome back to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. My name is Matt Connor. Uh, my co-host, actually the better half of me here. I'm, I'm pretending we're married for this half hour mm. or so. A little weird is uh, Sterling Holmes, and he's a good guy. Let me say this though, uh, he's a good guy. I'm an okay guy. <laughs> All of you out there, though, are even better. Anyone who's listening, uh, we just so appreciate the the fans, listeners, um, the haters, whoever. Uh, Bill Hater, if you're out there, we love you too. Um, anyone who's out there, if you're just paying attention to what these two guys have to say, or what Matt Verderam and Patrick Allen have to say. Just want to say at the top of the after the break here that we appreciate you all. Um, that we hope you're enjoying your uh, victory Monday um, and the start of Raider Week as well. Let's focus in on the defense here. Um, let's start with the pass rush. Let's start with up front because we saw uh, Jaron Reed. We saw all kinds of uh, of activity up front. Chris Jones, put your hands up. What do you think, man? I- 
this is awesome. It, it's so fun when the defense is playing like this because you are in every single game when your defense is playing as hashtag elite as they are right now. I mean, Jaron Reed <laughs> off the milk elite. carton, five tackles. Uh, I mean, Melvin Ingram, he got a half a sack. It, was, it seemed like it was all him. I don't know how they gave him half. It seemed like it was almost all Melvin Ingram in that play. Uh, Chris Jones getting his paws on the ball multiple times. Frank Clark is looking good. Yeah. To me, the majority of this started when they moved Chris Jones back inside. Chris Jones is the second best interior defense lineman in the NFL. He was just a guy at edge. But when he's moved back inside, he's been an absolute disruptor. It's helped Jaron Reed. It's helped Frank Clark. Uh, obviously, they're healthy now. That could be a big takeaway, too, is Chris Jones had a bum hand for a lot of the year. Frank Clark had what was a hamstring injury in the in the bubble guts for a lot of the season. I mean, once they started getting healthy, they're getting pressure on the quarterback. The by that, they're forcing turnovers. It's helping the secondary out, which I think the secondary is very talented, but no secondary can can contain guys when quarterbacks have all day in the pocket. It's just a it's a what's a causation of the defensive line of causing pressure, and the rest <laughs> of the de- rest of the defense is is attacking. And honestly, I think they finally found a solid rotation when it comes to guys like Ben Neiman, to Dan Sorensen, to Juan Thornhill. I think they're finally starting to figure out, figure out all of these guys' individual roles. Mm. Love what you're saying there because you don't want to say this guy has like great value or no value. Every guy has some value relative to like the scheme, the 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 opponent, what they're asked to do. And so when you're bringing up even like Dirty Dan or Ben Neiman last night, you saw very positive contributions based upon measured playing time put those guys where they should succeed and they will succeed. And it took us 12 games to get here, but we got here and we're seeing that right now with the front line. Do you remember what we were saying in the preseason about this front line? Like it looked like it was going to be this thick unit that goes like too deep at every position. And then we were like laughing at ourselves. Like, ah, what were we thinking? We suck because they suck, whatever. But now we're seeing it, man. Like Mike Dana, second level. Turk Wharton, second level. Derek Naughty, is he second level now? Like, what do you say? I mean, yeah, you I was, ha- you'd like, probably say he is because you have Jaron Reed and Chris Jones. You got Reed, you got Jones, you got Clark, and you got Ingram as four veteran disruptors each of which are capable of making a play and requiring some level of attention from the offensive line. So if, if you run deep after those guys, Colin Saunders, when he's back, whatever, I love it. The, the we're deep in the trenches and we're going to see that really matters in a month. I think what's really impressive to me is the secondary Rashad Fenton's out right now, and the secondary still looks absolutely incredible. Traverius Ward, next-gen stats, just put this up. In coverage this season, he ranks first when he's the nearest defender on a completion percentage allowed, first in expected completion percentage allowed, third in yards of target, third in passer rating against, and first when it comes to tight window rate, a.k.a. he's draped over dudes all the time. I understand folks get upset with Javarius because he struggles to catch the football. Newsflash, he's a cornerback, not a wide receiver. 
that's why he's a cornerback and not a wide receiver. Also, I mean, maybe he's taken after the Chiefs wide receivers right now. Uh, but Traverius Ward is always in the right spot. Yeah, He just yeah. always seems to be in the right spot. I've been saying how good Traverius is for three years now, and people like to always give him a hard time because whenever there was a big play, it seemed to be against him. I think a lot of it is he's always going up against wide receiver ones. He's always going up against the, the opposing guy's best wide receiver. He's always in the right spot, but they get paid too. They make plays. I think Chevarius Ward has been a very, very steadying influence on the secondary. He's almost always there, always in the right spot. I think he needs to get a lot more credit. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. By the way, Brett Veach traded Parker Ehinger for him in a preseason trade back in like what, 2018 or something. Uh, it was like, 2018 because the, his first game was that Seattle game when he got beat a few times and yep. everyone's like, what, why are you doing this? And I go, yeah, hold on, hold on. Tyler Lockett just made some incredible plays and in Russell Wilson. And now we're seeing. Yeah. Yeah. He's really, I'll, and I'll tell you this, like, uh, on uh, on Sunday, the NFL and the NFLPA announced that they'd reached an agreement. They're probably going to put the salary cap um, back up way over $200 million. It's going to be about a $26 million jump from this year to next year, which, by the way, is a Frank Clark-sized cap hit. If you wonder, like, give every team in the NFL the ability to take on Frank Clark's contract, <laughs> and that's a that's a ton of money to flood the market. A guy like Charverius Ward, who's going to be 26 years old, have years of starting boundary experience, has a Super Bowl ring, and hopefully another one, right? He's going to hit that market after this season when he's finally getting credit. Someone's going to make him rich. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'd love to see him back, but someone, the Jets, the Steelers, some really corner needy team is going to take a ton of that money and go, this is how we lure you away from the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I was really upset that the Kansas City Chiefs have not extended him the past couple seasons, honestly. I knew this was going to happen. You could see the makings of a... And again, I'm not going to say he's like a top five cornerback. He's not Jalen Ramsey, right? That's not what I'm out here trying to say. But really good, consistent cornerbacks are extremely hard to find. Look around the NFL. Even if you draft guys in the first round, how often does that pan out? Yeah, we've got DeAndre Baker and Mike Hughes. Jeff Akuda, or whatever his name is. I know he's hurt this year. But even when he was playing, that was supposedly a can't-miss corner prospect. That was supposed yeah. to be like, this is a lock. And when he like played... Number three pick. Yeah, and when he played... Wasn't great. Uh, who was the guy from, was it Jeff Gladney? He was supposed to be an absolute stud from TCU. Uh, who was the guy that was drafted by, I want to say, Jacksonville? Just went up to Carolina. C.J. Henderson. C.J. Henderson. He was drafted. Top 10 pick. Top 10 yep. pick, and he was supposed to be incredible. Can't miss, and he's already on his second team. And he's not really playing, I don't think, much in Carolina. So it's very difficult to find corners. So when you get a guy like Chavarius a guy as solid and consistent as he is, I think you got to lock him down early. Yeah. The good news is the Chiefs have Rashawn Fenton and Legereus Sneed back for another year. And even maybe and even DeAndre Baker should should be in team control for another year. But yeah, you're totally right. I mean, 
you got to have three starting corners. Ward would be great. Uh, you know, the Chiefs will get that cash too. They have other things to take care of. However, who knows how that's going to turn out. Um, let me ask you this. Let's talk about the middle of the field and then we'll move on to the Raiders. Cause I just want to bring up Nick Bolton played less than Ben Neiman, Willie Gay, Anthony Hitchens yesterday. Um, what do you think of the pecking order? I mean, it's hard to argue with the results on defense right now. Yeah. Like I feel weird even nitpicking anything because we're talking about maybe the best defense currently right now in the NFL over the last six weeks. But I also have a hard time looking at those numbers for Bolton and just thinking, really? Really? Yeah, it's twofold for me. One, I think Nick Bolton deserves a lot more playing time. He was, what, defensive rookie of the month, not just in the AFC, but of the entire NFL. He was playing incredible. He's playing extremely good football. His coverage, uh, pass coverage is getting better. Uh, One of the first plays of this game, he had a tackle for loss, I thought, or he at least broke down the gap and got to the running back very, very quickly. But it's so hard to argue when the results are like this. Ben Neiman played well. Ben yeah. Neiman played a good game last night. Uh, Anthony Hitchens played a solid game last night. Also had a hell of a block, which what was that ref thinking? Sorry, one second. I'm going to go off on, on a little bit of a rant. How Please. the hell is that a blindside block? Hitchens was standing there for like five seconds. If if this is an NBA game, he would have gotten three seconds in the paint for how long Hitchens was standing there. If that lineman could not see him, then he must have had horse blinders on. It was incredible. And then Hitchens gets flagged. I'm like, is Hitchens supposed to run away? I it was a I think hell- you have to announce yourself. Yeah, was he supposed to say, Hello, good sir. I am Anthony Hitchens. I shall block you now. It was such bullshit. And I I'm I was just so pissed off by that. And because yeah. th- that was a play that should be like riling everyone up, and it did. I'm sure they're gonna show it in the Chiefs, you know, film film room and say, All right, that was bleeping sweet. But but yeah, Hitchens played well. Uh, Willie Gay Jr., I thought, had a very, very good game as well. So they have four linebackers that they trust right now, and all four playing really good football. They just seem to like Ben Neiman, what he brings. He's been in the system for a lot longer. You know, Nick Bolton's the youngest dude on the team, and and maybe some of that has is playing a factor is, hey, you're a rookie, man. You're all four playing good, but you're the rookie. You're going to have to take the uh, the small share of the snaps here. Yeah, could be, could be. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit perplexed by that. I mean, the, the guy leads the NFL in tackles for loss. It's not just a rookie number. It's the whole NFL. I, I'm just a little troubled at that point. But but again, we're nitpicking about an excellent defense. I don't want to argue with the results. Anyway, uh, if we're going to keep up the defensive excellence this week, we may or may not have to contend. Um, let's talk a little bit of Raiders. We'll save the meat of this. Uh, we'll put we'll leave enough meat on the bone for for Patrick and Matt Verderam coming up on Thursday. But Darren Waller, um, he's day to day. He was week to week, and now he's termed day to day. We may see him. Uh, certainly, the Raiders never win this game if they don't have Waller. But if they do, does that even matter to you? I mean, are you are you over the Raiders completely at this point? Yeah, I, I'm over the Raiders. I think this is a... And again, I'm not saying overlook the Ra- Raiders. I'm not saying that they're just as horrendous. They're not the Jets. They're not Jacksonville. They have a lot of dysfunction, obviously, front office, the whole team. 
but they still have some good, good players. Derek Carr is having a very good season, uh, as he's had the past, what, two seasons now? Um, I, I like ripping on Derek Carr and his his consistent eyeliner he has. I don't know if it's tattooed or what, but he's definitely has... T- You're not telling me with a straight face Derek Carr does not have tattooed eyeliner. You're not telling me that. But they're still a solid football team, but Kansas City's just rolling right now. Their yeah. defense is playing too good. Uh, Kansas City's offense has struggled, and they're still covering the spread right now in games. Um, I think the Raiders are trending down. Chiefs are trending up. Darren Waller or not, I just don't see a way that the Raiders can score enough because this Chiefs defense is too damn good. Yeah. Yeah, I don't disagree. I um, I might be a little worried about the Chiefs looking beyond to Thursday night football, knowing about that Chargers matchup. Yeah. Except, except the Raiders have kept things as competitive as they have. Like, I think if the NFC, I think if the AFC West was like normal and the Chiefs were like three to five games up over the Broncos and the Raiders by now, then I'd be worried about that. But instead, everyone's hanging around and the and the Chiefs have to know it. And the Chiefs have lost all margin for error. So I think the message in the locker room this week is, hey, look, we have a chance to put a stake in the heart of a division rival. And anytime that's like the active possibility, I think that keeps a team like hyper focused. Like, oh yeah, we're like we're not gonna miss an opportunity to like to like end the season basically for the Raiders. Uh, and any hopes. And then you move on to the, to the Chargers. So I almost think if the Raiders were worse, I'd be more worried about them as some sort of overlooked game or trap game, whatever you want to call it. But instead, I think there's been just enough competitive nature um, that I'm actually not worried about it. Is that weird? No, I, I get exactly what you're saying. Because Kansas City has to at least take them somewhat serious. Yep, and that take every game that way, and, and that almost I, I think you're right, kind of plays to their advantage. I do think though that Chargers game, that's going to be for all the marbles. That's going to be for the for the division. That's going to be. I, I think the Chiefs are the better team. I think the Chiefs win that game. I know we're looking ahead a little bit here, but the Chargers, they're just a wild card, man. Them and the Bengals, they're like that pointing Spider-Man meme. You never know which team you're going to get. I mean, hell, the Bengals lost to the Jets, and then they also look like the best team in the AFC at at, at, at times this year. Uh, the Chargers just mollywopped him 41 to, was it 41-22? Something like that. Um, Austin Eckler is an absolute game changer with his pass catching ability, and that does make me a little nervous as far as Kansas City, their historical norms as far as defending against running backs. Now Willie Gay Jr. should should hopefully um, should help that uh, aspect just a little bit. But yeah, I, I think the Kansas City doesn't look past the Raiders, but I do think there is some of that that game against the Chargers. That's probably for all the marbles. Yeah. Yeah, I don't disagree. That's going to be a fun, fun game to watch for sure. Uh, tonight, Monday Night Football, parting thoughts, and then you can take us out of here. Bills, Patriots, who you got? Uh, I got the weather. Uh, I got the weather win in this game. I, I, oh, yeah, I, Nick, <laughs> Nick yeah, Folk. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to see a punt. Hopefully the wind's going like straight forward and back and not swirling to the sides because I want to see a dude, like a team try to punt and the ball goes like seven yards. <laughs> Like they're hitting stingers out there. They're trying to just rugby-style punt it. That'd be pretty fun. No, I think the Bills win. I think the Bills cover the three points. I think it's actually over. I got in at 40 
because the weather, everything's dropping like a freaking stone in the ocean. Um, I got the over. Teams can still score running the football. The Patriots are good running the football. They have four dudes you've probably never heard of, and they're probably all going to go for 60 yards. Uh, the Bills, Josh Allen, he's just like Cam Newton to an extent. His size and his ability to run the football is incredible. So I think we'll see a lot of designed runs, and Josh Allen can just bowl over dudes. Uh, they're starting to get the run game going a little bit in Buffalo. Matt Breida has been better than, what, Zach Moss? So they've, they've gotten a little little something going up there, so I'm excited for that. But what about you? Who do you think wins uh, tonight's game? I'm all Patriots. Before week one, I put big money on the Patriots to win the AFC West. I've Wait, AFC I've not- West? East. Okay, Sorry, I said that wrong. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, man, I've, I've not been a believer in the Bills, and I just thought um, I loved what Buffalo did in free agency, and so I went in on the bill. Uh, went in on the Patriots. Um, and then, um, did I say Bills? I'm getting everything mixed up. Uh, what are we yeah, betting anyway. on this game? You and I got it. So I have the, the Bills. You have the Pats. Yeah, I'll take the Patriots, yeah. Let's throw some down on this. All right, you, uh, the winner has to endorse any single thing brought up by the other person on the next episode. All right, I like that. And like, like wholeheartedly endorse whatever it is that we ask you to do in between episodes. How's that? I love it. And we'll surprise each other on the air and, and force some embarrassment. Oh, this is going to be know. fantastic. I can't wait to embarrass the shit out of you, dude. Well, too bad because the Bills <laughs> are going to score like three points tonight. Good luck. Also, I have no idea if we're allowed to cuss on on this podcast and i typically keep it pc but i figured i think so i think we're pg-13 matt verderam is rated r yeah matt verderam is he's r we're we have not said any f-bombs to my knowledge patrick i think patrick's g-rated he's g i think you're pg you're PG-13. And PG-13, and then Verderams, he's straight, full-on. Verderams are. Oh. I think Patrick's going to hate being G-rated. He's really not G-rated, but he always keeps the peace and keeps us, keeps us going, too. So, like, he's got a yeah. paternal presence on this podcast. Yeah, exactly. And because he's a G. <laughs> there you go, Patrick. There you go, Matt. There you go, everyone. Get us out of here. Yeah, on, on that note, on that horrible dad joke, we'll, 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 we'll head out on that one. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to drop us a review, wherever you guys listen to your podcast, we would really, really appreciate it. If you have any questions for us, let us know. You tag us on Twitter and we'll answer it a lot of times. For some reason, sometimes you leave a comment on the podcast. It'll show up after we have actually already done and recorded the podcast. So if you send it to our Twitter account, we can answer them just right then and there. Uh, Matt Connor, AA. I am at HomestretchKC on Twitter. For Matt Connor, I am Sterling Holmes. We're out of here. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.